0: One of my listeners, Brad from Michigan, had a question about gluttony. He asked, when does overeating become gluttony? We're going to address this and also some other facets of gluttony. But first, I want to read from an article I discovered. It's about the BC Centers for Excellence in Eating Disorders. And the title is, How Gluttony Became Binge Eating Disorder. So very interesting. For generations, it was called gluttony. Then it was labeled binge eating disorder, but not many people notice. In the diagnostic manual used by psychiatrists, it was listed as a condition that needed further study. Then, guess what happened? In 2013, it went prime time. That was when the American Psychiatric Association said it was a formal mental disorder and expanded greatly the definition psychiatrists used to diagnose it. Previously, someone had to have out-of-control eating episodes at least twice a week for a period of six months. The new criteria said the episodes only had to occur once a week for three months. Once a week for three months. What followed were claims that up to 8.5 million American adults have the condition. The approval of a dangerous amphetamine to treat it, and a marketing campaign complete with a celebrity spokeswoman, former tennis star Monica Seals or Sealess. I don't know. However, independent doctors argue binge eating disorder is not a disease at all, but simply an unhealthy habit. What's more, those doctors say, the claims of how many people have the condition are inflated, meaning, Many may be diagnosed and overtreated with drugs that can cause serious side effects. And then you have Alan Francis, the former chairman of psychiatry at Duke University. He called binge eating disorder a fake diagnosis. Lots of fake news, right? He's a critic of the 2013 decision to elevate its status and broaden its definition in the latest edition of the manual. We shouldn't be turning everyday behaviors into mental disorders, Francis says. So, it became an overnight market and a lucrative new market for drug companies. In 2015, the FDA approved the first drug for binge eating disorder, Vyvanse, a dangerous amphetamine already in use to treat attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Now, this is really interesting because because there has always been a movement to remove disorders out of the area or out of the arena of sin and make it something that's either medical or psychiatric. My personal opinion is that because we are mind, body, and soul, a lot of things start as sin and then affect our whole body. I'll give you an example, and I think there's a garbage truck is behind me. It's probably making noise. I don't know if you guys can hear it. The garbage truck is here. An example would be, you start off by masturbating occasionally, which is a sin. But then you get to a point where it can become a habit, and then it could even become compulsive. So that sin has invaded every aspect of you. And it's changed your brain. And now you can't control yourself at all. So I believe that's what happens with some of these sins. They start out as something you're not supposed to do. And God knows how we are prone to going overboard and not moderating ourselves. And he tells us to be careful with the gluttony. And then we continue to eat and binge eat. And then it can become... A disease of a sort, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's a sin. So when we come back, we're going to take a look at what is gluttony, the difference between overeating and gluttony, and some remedies for overcoming gluttony. Welcome to Life Smithing. My name is Cynthia Burley. Answer Brian from Michigan's question about when gluttony is just plain overeating and when it's actually gluttony. And I want to also point out, guys, if you have any questions that you want me to address on this podcast, please feel free to email me at cynthia at lifesmithing.com or you can comment on you know the podcast themselves. Or you can message me and ask me to cover a topic. All right. So one definition from Thomas Aquinas is, Gluttony denotes not any desire of eating and drinking, but an inordinate desire, leaving the order of reason, wherein the good of moral virtue consists. And I also want to point out that gluttony is not just food or drink. Gluttony can also be Anything that you feast on, so if you were to binge watch a whole series of, I don't know, Game of Thrones, that would be gluttony as well. So gluttony applies to a lot of things. But in this discussion, we're going to focus more on the food. And now I want to give you a more meaty definition from, this is from the New Advent Encyclopedia, and it's from Thomas Aquinas. says, Gluttony derives from the Latin word glutire, which means to swallow, to gulp down. The excessive indulgence in food and drink. Notice that word excessive. This whole week we've been talking about moderation. That's been the theme. So this is excessive. It's not in moderation. It goes on. The moral deformity discernible in this vice lies in its defiance of the order postulated by reason, which prescribes necessity as a measure of indulgence in eating and drinking. This deordination, according to the teaching of the angelic doctor, may happen in five ways which are set forth in the scholastic verse. Pre-propere laute nimis ardente sudiose or according to the apt rendering of Father Joseph wickably, too soon, too expensively, too much, too eagerly, too daintily. Okay, so let me just say not all overeating is gluttony and not all gluttony is overeating. Here is an example of overeating that may not actually be gluttony. So you're preparing for a long journey and you know you won't have time to eat. So you stuff yourself so that you'll have enough energy for the day until your next meal. You might be overeating at that moment, but it's not gluttony, you're doing it for a reason. You're actually going to miss certain meals. So in actuality, you'll be taking in the same amount of calories as you would if you had two or three meals. So that's overeating, But that's not gluttony. Now, someone might look at you and say, this guy, he has a problem with gluttony, but they don't know why you're overeating. Here's another example. You normally eat moderately, but tonight you have a party, a big birthday party, and you know the food's going to be good. And you said, you know what? I'm just going to eat. So you have three slices of cake. Is that being gluttonous? Not necessarily. You're just overeating for the moment. He is gluttony is something habitual. If wherever you go, you stuff yourself, if you're snacking all day long at home, then you have a problem with gluttony. So I hope that's clear. Gluttony is habitual greed and excess in eating. And you don't have to be fat to be a glutton. You can be a skinny glutton, because if you have a fast metabolism, you might eat a lot of food, but the food doesn't stick to you. So if someone sees someone who's overweight, people might assume that he's a glutton, but maybe he's not. Maybe he has medical situations or whatever reason he puts on weight. But I would say that generally, again, this is generally, if you're obese, I'm not just saying overweight, but obese, like 400 pounds, you probably have some issues with eating and It probably starts with gluttony. I want to go back to the way that Aquinas listed five ways that gluttony expresses itself, which is too soon, too expensively, too much, too eagerly, too daintily. I found this website that talked about gluttony and its expression, and it gave some good examples, so I thought I would refer to it. And it's uh, catholiceducation.org, I will link to it. I believe the article is called Temperance and the Art of Eating. It says, you know, we can be gluttonous in how much we eat. That's obvious. Everyone knows that. But we also can be gluttonous in what we eat. And I'm going to quote from the article. Do I tend to eat only costly, elegant kinds of foods? Am I a picky eater? Do I only eat certain kinds of foods or brands? Or do I always want my meals prepared a certain way? When I'm served food, that is not my preference. It's not organic. It's a strange foreign food I've never tasted before. Oh no, lots of vegetables. Do I try to eat it cheerfully and express gratitude to the people who prepared it? Or do I complain about the food at the cafeteria or on the table at home? even if I do not say anything out loud, do I find myself whining interiorly that this is not the kind of food I like. End quote. I'm going to confess right now that sometimes I am gluttonous in my eating. I like food that is well-seasoned. I do not like bland food. When my kids were young, we used to attend this church. And one day they had A dinner for the volunteers so my kids and I were all excited I think my kids were like preteens maybe and we were all excited because the woman who was going to cook the food was a chef and so um, we went to the dinner all excited thinking we're gonna get some good food and this woman came out with some bland white no color chicken so it didn't look good to begin with and then when we tasted it it had absolutely no salt no seasoning, there were salt and pepper shakers. We were so shocked and annoyed and disgusted. Even to this day, we still laugh about it because the food was just so bland and we were so disappointed. So I like my food to be well seasoned. So I'm picky about that. So I think that sometimes I am gluttonous when it comes to that. I will eat the food on my plate. You know, if someone cooks me something and it's not the the best tasting or it's not how I would prepare it, i'll still eat it but if i have a choice man i love gourmet food i love to go out to fancy restaurants and eat you know all these little delicate foods delicately seasoned in wine and you know this and that i like to do that so i think and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that with enjoying fine foods at certain times but if you insist on it or if you're a picky eater and you will not eat certain vegetables You know, you will not eat it. It's not just that you don't like it. You won't eat it. You're eating daintily. And also, by the way, guys, if you're a picky eater, I want to point out that being dainty in your eating is a feminine trait. So sometimes you have to sacrifice. Someone serves you something that you don't particularly like. Just eat it. I mean, you can always tell them you don't like it, but just eat it. Don't leave it. Right. That's being too dainty and too picky. So how else can gluttony express itself? also in how I eat. And the website says, do I eat too quickly? From a Catholic perspective, a meal is more than an opportunity to satisfy our hunger and nourish our bodies. A meal is a time to share life with others and to have conversation. When people eat too hastily, however, they are so focused on filling their stomachs that they are not easily attentive to other people. On a basic level, They do not think about the needs of others at the table. Instead of kindly anticipating other people's desires for more water, wine, or bread, the gluttonous man is more concerned about getting what he wants on his own plate. Even more, when someone is so focused on stuffing his mouth, it is difficult for him to have conversation with the people at the table. Dinner for such a person becomes more a time for gratifying his own appetite Then a setting for communion with others. So be careful how we eat. And then the last way of expressing gluttony, when I eat, do I always have to eat whenever I sense hunger? Or should we wait a little bit? Should we let our hunger linger a little bit? Or do you, whenever you feel like, ah, I feel like eating something, you jump up and you go get a snack when you're not even hungry. So that's one way to moderate our appetites is to wait till we're actually hungry. Did you know that sometimes we think we're experiencing hunger, but we're actually experiencing thirst? Yes, that's a fact. So sometimes when you feel like eating something and you look at the clock, you just ate like maybe two hours ago, go get a glass of water. It'll fill you up a little bit. Let that hunger linger a little bit. And that way you learn to moderate your hunger. When we come back, we'll take a look at ways to overcome gluttony, some traditional remedies and some common sense remedies. there. This is Cynthia Burley. Please subscribe to Life Submitting with Cynthia Burley on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google. If you listen to us on iTunes and you love this podcast, we would be so ecstatic if you would give us a five-star review. Giving us five-star reviews help us to reach more people. Thank you so much and God bless. I find that the most singular best way to deal with gluttony is to develop a practice of fasting. Whether that means you're fasting on Fridays and not eating meats and watching the amount of food that you eat or whether you fast any other time. Fasting really strengthens the will. So if you have a problem with gluttony, try fasting every now and then. Maybe once a week maybe twice a week, and I don't mean not eating any food at all, although you can do that, but I mean just eating a smaller amount of food or maybe going by the Catholic definition of fasting, which is one normal meal and two small meals. Just get into the habit of fasting. You'll find that you will have less of a desire to gorge on food. Venerable Louis of Granada has a book called The Sinner's Guide, which I absolutely love. I will link to it in the show notes. Remember, anytime you want to go and find something I mentioned, look in the show notes. Just look on the page where the posting is. In that book, he talks about six remedies against gluttony. I actually wrote an article on that on beautysoancient.com. I will link to it and I'm going to go over my article now. There are six remedies against gluttony. Number one. Remember that gluttony brought death into the world. When you feel the promptings of this shameful disorder, subdue them by the following considerations. Call to mind that it was a sin of gluttony which brought death into the world and that it is the first and most important passion to be conquered. For upon the subjugation of this vice depends your victory over all others. We cannot successfully battle with enemies abroad when the forces within us are in a state of rebellion. Thus we see that the devil first tempted our savior to gluttony, wishing to make himself master of the avenue through which all other vices find easy entrance. So remember that the devil tempted Eve through food. Eve wanted to be more like God and the fruit was beautiful besides. Satan used the oral orifice to tempt both her and Adam. Satan also tried to do the same with our Lord and it didn't work. But this tells us that gluttony is a dangerous vice that the devil himself knows exactly how to use. The second remedy, consider our own Lord's fasts and mortifications. Consider also our Savior's extraordinary fast in the desert and the many other rigorous mortifications which he imposed upon his sacred body, not only to expiate our excesses, but to give us a salutary example. How then can you call yourself a follower of Christ if when he fasts, you abandon yourself to the gross pleasures of the table? He refuses no labor, No suffering to redeem you, and you will do nothing for your own salvation? Think about it. Our Lord fasted for 40 days. That's no joke. If our Lord was able to fast for 40 days, why can't we say no to an additional serving of food? So, one thing we can do is meditate on our Lord's fast to put things into perspective. Number three, frequently reflect upon the terrible austerities and wonderful fast observed by the Fathers of the Desert." If you do a Google search for fasting and Fathers of the Desert, you will find so many different quotes. These fathers, oh my goodness, they were so strict. So the book says, St. Bernard tells us that there is no food so unpleasant that it may not be made palatable by mingling it with this bitter draught. How they fled from the world to remote solitude. Where, after the example of Christ, they crucified their flesh with all its irregular appetites and, sustained by God's grace, subsisted for many years on no food but roots and herbs. Behold how these men imitated their divine model. Behold what they thought necessary to reach heaven. How can you gain the same heaven by the path of gross and sensual pleasures? This is not saying that we should go and eat only roots and herbs. And you want to make sure that you do not develop an eating disorder. Don't just starve every day. It's only showing you that if they were able to eat roots and herbs, then why can't we just deny ourselves of some pleasures, right? Number four, think of the poor who are in need of bread. Says, think of the innumerable poor who are in need of bread. And at the sight of God's liberality to you, blush to make the gifts of his bounty instruments of gluttony when we're eating sometimes we should offer up some of our food for those who are hungry and i mean instead of taking a big slice take a small slice and offer the sacrifice up for those who are really hungry not what we refer to as hungry in first world nations but people who are really hungry. There are people who have to forage in garbage cans for food or they have to go online to to get food from food pantries. Think of those people when we tend to go toward excess when it comes to food. Number five, think of Lazarus and the rich man. To excite in your heart a salutary fear of this vice, recall to mind what is related in the gospel of Lazarus of his poverty, of his hunger, which craved the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, and how he was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom, while the rich man, who fed upon delicacies and was clothed in purple, was buried in the depths of hell. Gluttony is an inordinate love of eating and drinking. Our Savior warns us against this vice, saying, Take heed to yourselves. Lest your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. The definition of surfeiting is to desire no more of something as a result of having consumed or done it to excess. This is exactly what happens when we overeat. We become so full and sick of the food, we desire no more. We should stop eating as soon as we are satiated. That's self-explanatory. Number six, Remember that the pleasures are only for a moment. We may say of gluttony what we have said of impurity, that its pleasures are equally restricted and fleeting. Yet, even sea and air seem unable to gratify this passion, for many crimes are perpetrated. The poor are defrauded and oppressed, and little ones compelled to suffer hunger, to satisfy the sensuality of the great It is deplorable to think that for the gratification of one sense, man condemns himself, body and soul, to eternal suffering. What incomprehensible folly to flatter with such delicate care a body which is destined to be the food of worms. For the miserable body, you neglect your soul, which will appear before the tribunal of God as poor in virtues as its earthy companion is rich in sensual pleasures. Nor will the body escape the punishment to which the soul will be condemned. Having been created for the soul, it will share its sufferings. Thus, by neglecting the nobler part of your being to devote yourself to the inferior, you lose both and become your own executioner. So these are the six remedies against gluttony. And I'm just going to quickly... Tell you the six again. Number one, remember that gluttony brought death into the world. Number two, consider our own Lord's fasts and mortifications. Number three, frequently reflect upon the terrible austerities and wonderful fasts observed by the fathers of the desert. Number four, think of the poor who are in need of bread. Number five, think of Lazarus and the rich man. Number six, remember that the pleasures are only for a moment. So these are the ways that you can overcome gluttony. As I said before, I would start with a fast, try fasting at least once a week, but then meditate upon these things that I listed from six remedies against gluttony in the sinner's guide. Again, I will link to it where you can read it for yourself. So guys, I want to wish you a wonderful Labor Day. There will be barbecues. Have fun. It doesn't mean it's a time for you to diet and not eat. Have fun, but as in all things, eat with moderation. God bless.